Certainly thankful for Brother Don's prayer. I want to ask for a continuation of your prayers, not only for me, but for yourselves, that God's word would resonate in our hearts and be a blessing unto all of us. You know, this song says, when the evening sun is setting, uh, I have walked with God today. That, that's what he's asking. I, he's hoping. You know, sometimes we want to consider ourselves to say when the end of life comes, we hope that we could say that we walked with God. But I, I like what this says because I think it's just tremendously important to our lives. When the evening sun, sun sets every day, can you with all honesty say, I've walked with God today? I think that if God's people could honestly say that and would have honestly did that each and every day, we'd live in a whole lot different world than we live in today. We sing those songs, but do we apply those? You know, a couple of weeks ago, I preached on learning and to some degree, and my thoughts are still on that, uh, on teaching and learning. And if the Lord would bless this morning, I want to speak concerning teaching and learning you know from the day you brought from your mother's womb into this world till the day that you die you're teaching and you're learning have you heard the old adage say you never get too old to learn you don't there's always something to learn especially in god's word but even out here in the world you know i've seen things happen that uh, were beyond my belief and i'll tell people i said well i've lived long enough now that nothing surprises me that's the truth. It really is. I mean, we, we learn, we see many different things. We're always learning. And be, believe it or not, you're teaching. You're teaching your children and your grandchildren and your friends' children and your neighbors and your friends all about you by the way you act, by the way you live, by what you do. You're a walking, living sermon being preached to the world every day. You know, I've heard people say, well, I'm not a preacher, but you are. You preach by the way you live. You preach by the way you do things. Do you honor God in what you do? Do you honor the Lord Jesus Christ in what you do? You're teaching somebody whether you want to admit it or not. Especially our families who we're around a lot more than we are other folks, but even our friends. We're teaching the world how important God is to us. How important is he? How important are things in the world? You know, Solomon said over in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? He said, Everything done under the sun apart from God is vanity and vexation of the spirit. There is nothing good about it apart from God. That is an issue that we all have in life, to live our life and not be apart from God. You think about Hebrews chapter 12 when it talks about a race that was run. It says, you know, we're to put aside that weight or the burdens and the sin that so easily besets us and to run the race with patience, what? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Every time we take our eyes off of Jesus, we're doing the wrong thing. And we're teaching the wrong thing. You know, have you ever asked how important God or Jesus Christ is to you? And if you say he's really, really important, have you ever wondered, are you manifesting that in your life, the way you act and the things you do under your children? Hopefully we can address some of those things as we go forward this morning. But we are teachers. We learn by hearing. We learn by seeing. You know, uh, 
I used to tell this, and I'll still tell it again. Years ago, I hadn't seen it in a long time. There was an advertisement on TV, and this young boy was sitting in a front room, and he was smoking a joint of marijuana, and he, he probably wasn't over 10 or 12 years old, 13. And his daddy opened the door, and he looked at him, and he got seriously mad. And he asked him, where did you learn to do that? And that little kid looked up at him, and he said, from you. You know, we wonder why things have gotten to be the way they are. Things don't happen by accident. You know, I'm just like anyone else. I want to think I've done a fairly decent job with raising my children and the nurture and admonition of the Lord, but to be honest with you, I've done a very poor job. If you read what I read here toward the end of what I'm trying to say, I think we all have to question ourselves about how we uh, put the Lord in our lives. How important was God to you? Was he so important that it resonated under your children and to your grandchildren? The Bible tells us that grandmothers and grandparents and grandfathers are vitally important. It teaches us that. We're always teaching and we're always learning. You know, we spend millions of dollars to hire teachers to teach education, to instruct. When God gave that obligation to mothers and fathers. Do you know that the father is to be the spiritual head of the household and his wife is to be his helpmeet? That's what Adam, uh, Adam and Eve were. He, Eve was taken from Adam, from a rib, and, and she was to be a helpmeet. She was to be instrumental in teaching those children along with the father. But the father was to set to be the godly father, the godly husband that God has called him and obligated him to be. And as that has failed down through time in society... If you read the Old Testament, which I do a lot because it equates to daily life more than, more than the New Testament, in my opinion. And that's what's such a blessing to me to read it is. It's, it's like we're placing ourselves right there among those people. You know, in the book of Judges, we, we preached out of, there was anarchy. There was civil war. There was all kinds of ugliness went on in that time among the children of Israel. But do you know that right before that happened, a generation back in the days of uh, Joshua, that they served the Lord? Why? Well, it, did it just change? I mean, we, either, either Joshua and those folks instructed their children perfectly and they just flat refused to submit unto the Lord, and that's the easy way out of it, or they wasn't instructed in the way that they should be. It wasn't as intense. It wasn't as diligent. We're not here in this country in a condition that we are today, and, and we haven't lost everything. There's always hope with the Lord. It's never too far gone for the Lord to straighten up. Now, Sodom and Gomorrah apparently got too far gone because Abraham stood there begging, basically, down to where if there was ten righteous, that God would spare those cities. We know the cities wasn't spared. Now, we know there was one righteous person in that city, and he was Lot. You wouldn't thought he's righteous if you read his life and how it ended, but he's declared to be righteous in 2 Peter chapter 2, I believe it is, or 3. But you see, God doesn't, doesn't, never did need a big bunch of folks to bring about his purpose. That's one problem you have in, in bigness, I think, is it, it's, it's where the herd goes. It, it's, it's a, by nature, it's something that we want to do. We want to follow and learn from them. But how many times did you... If you're honest with yourself, did you go with a group of folks back in your high school days or young days and maybe get involved or do something or be in a place that you ought not to have been? I know that I did because that's where everybody was going. It, it's such 
It's so easy to want to do what everybody else is doing, to follow what everybody else is doing. You know, the Bible says clearly in teaching us, come out from among them and be ye separate. One of the toughest things that you'll ever have to do in life. It's, it's so hard to separate yourselves uh, from the world and from the crowd and from the herd and follow the Lord Jesus Christ in the manner he called upon us to do. But it, it, it can be done. God never said anything or told us anything that we couldn't do. Now, whether we do it or not is something else. But, but learning and, and teaching is something that goes on throughout our lives. As grandparents, we can teach our children of the importance of the Lord. You know, there's a lot of things taught in the world that are not equated to God's Word. But there's nothing more important in our lives than God's Word. It ought to have been taught down through the years. You remember what Paul said over in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll kind of review this. He's talking about the unlearned. And I've seen this in my own family members. This is a fact. He says in verse 16, As also in all his epistles speaking in them of these things, in which some things are hard to be understood, which they are that are unlearned and unstable wrestle, rest. They wrestle with them. They wrestle with the scriptures. And let me tell you why they wrestle with the scriptures. People who do not learn from God's word or do not study, do not hear the word of God preach, they, they decide how they want God to be. If God loved me, he wouldn't do this. If God loved you, he, God wouldn't do this. But I'm going to tell you right now, the God of love is of the Bible. But the God of judgment is just as much of the Bible. See, they fail to understand who God is. Even in the New Testament where it says, When sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Shall we sin that we might receive more grace? God forbid. God forbids that. We learn. But the unlearned wrestle with the scriptures, and it says to their own destruction. Sometimes we make out God to be who they are. You know, when you think about the days of Joshua, let me read a little bit of that just to refresh our minds. It's just amazing that the change it took place. In Joshua chapter, I mean, Judges chapter 2, it says, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, verse 7, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did in Israel. This was a pretty good time among the children of Israel when they had crossed over into the can, land of Canaan. God instructed them something that they did not do, like often we don't do. They were to destroy man, woman, child, and beast in the land of Canaan. Sounds harsh, doesn't it? You know why God told them to do that? Because he says, if you take daughters from them and wives from them, they will corrupt you and pollute you. We learn many things as we study God's word. In verse 10 it says, And also that generation were gathered unto their fathers. You talk about they died. And it says, And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord. Now, I don't know if that was a 30-year generation, but I feel certain it wasn't a very, the time wasn't very long. And all of a sudden, they're, they're from a time of serving the Lord to a time of anarchy and civil rest. If you don't think the world goes and that judgment comes according to how God's children are, you need to think again. You need to think again. We're told in the 21st chapter of the book of Job that the wicked, those who are not God's children, are reserved unto the day of destruction and shall be brought forth unto the day of wrath. The wicked are going to get their day. But it's God's children that's taught. Now let's look at some simple things that the, that the Bible teaches. And 
we were told over in Romans 15 and 4 that whatsoever things were written aforetime were written that we, for our learning. There's a purpose in learning, a purpose in knowledge and instruction. Back over in Peter it said, but grow in grace and knowledge. How do you get knowledge unless you're educated, unless you're instructed? And you know, you don't, you, some people think, well, I go to church on Sunday. I do my religious duty. I don't believe that cuts the mustard. You know, think about what the preacher really does. When Philip and the eunuch were joined together, the, the eunuch was reading from the book of Isaiah, and Philip asked him, Knowest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I let some man guide me? The preacher is the guide. He helps the instruct. But you need more than Sunday morning. It needs to be an everyday part of our life. And I will argue because it's a failure to be an everyday part of our life and not the most important part of our life. We see the ups and downs of God's people throughout the times, throughout the ages. It's like a roller coaster. It just goes up and it goes down and it goes up. You know, we were up for a long time, but we're kind of heading down. We're going down the roller coaster right now as far as I can view it from what I see going on, the things that are allowed. You know, there's things going on in this country, and you're well aware of them that are against the absolute teachings of God's word. And you can see that the day has come when they call evil good and good evil. Because people don't want to be called, they don't want to be told they're sinning, they're doing something wrong. They want to justify their actions. So we're always learning. But in, let's take some things that we, we should learn. First of all, the Bible is not written to the entire Adamic population. Race. That's Adam's race. A lot of people, a lot of God's people believe it was written. It's a means to become a child of God, to get yourself born again. But friends, I'm here to tell you, the one that is not born again has no desire for this book, cannot understand this book, has no, don't want anything to do with it. You know, the psalmist said in Psalm 53, the fool has said in his heart there is no God. But I promise you, many people in the church among God's people believe they can educate the fool and get him born again. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2 and 14 that the, uh, the foolish man receives not the things of, or, you know, receives not the things of the Spirit of God for the foolishness unto him, the natural man. That means the man void of the Spirit of God. He didn't receive the things of God. Why? Because unless you're spiritually born, born of the Spirit of God, you cannot discern or understand those things. You, you don't desire it. So the first thing we want to learn is the Bible is written to God's elect, to God's children, heaven-born and heaven-bound. And there's a purpose for learning. You and I today can say the entire Bible was written before time. It was written before my time. I think it was written before your time. So it's written before all our time. So we, we got the entire canon of Scripture here to learn from, to study from, to teach. And we need to do just that. It, 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 it makes a difference in our worlds and what happens. The unlearned, we read about that. You know, they wrestle with the scriptures to their own destruction. Most of them have no, you'd be surprised how many of God's children have no idea what God says about himself. We believe in the sovereignty of God. God we're told that the God, love of God is, is to keep his commandments. His commandments are not grievous. God didn't give you any commandment that you couldn't keep. Now, I'm not here to declare you're going to keep every one of them because you're not. But how hard are we trying to keep his commandments? How hard are we learning and teaching those things to our children? I'll tell you right now, the one thing I've learned, what's important to you as moms and dads is going to be what's important to your children. 
If the Lord's the most important thing day in and day out in your life, it'll, it'll be reflected in your children. I've heard people say, well, I've done this and I've done that. But when we look at what God's Word says here in a little bit, have we? Let's notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 5. See if this might be directed at any of God's children today, of whom we have many things to say, verse 11, and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Reckon any of God's children are dull of hearing today? Have you ever came into the church and heard a man speak, and when the sermon was over, you don't have a clue to what he said? I mean, it's, have you brought the world in? You know, the Berean brothers, it, we were told, or brethren, it says they heard the word with all readiness of mind. Do you ready your minds for the house of God? Do you put away the standing, uh, statutory things of the world? I remember old brother Paul Hardy, he prayed that every prayer when I went to Perryton every month, that God would remove the vain and statutory things of this world from outside, out of his house. They're not to be brought in here for the little time that we spend. You know, I spent a lot of time going to school growing up. Teacher up there speaking when the class was over, I couldn't tell you things she said. My mind was wandering somewhere else. Upon the things that I wanted, upon the things that were important to me. You see, importance to you becomes importance to our children. There's no doubt in my mind about that. If we love this world too much, our children will love this world just as much as you do. It's a fact, and I know it, it may be a hard thing to swallow. You know, we're to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. It's, the world's full of the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. We're told that in 1 John chapter 2. And that's the truth. I've lived long enough to see it, and I know. And it's, do you think we got here by accident? Do you think the children of Israel, when they went over in the book of Judges, and when they were taken captive into Babylon, it was just an accident? Do you think that God was unaware that they'd fallen away, or would? We're to teach and we're to educate. And that obligation is given to mom and dad and to grandparents. Let's notice what... It says here, it says, For when the time coming, that the, when they were dull here in verse 12, For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. These brethren had been in the church for over 30 years, and they hadn't learned anything. First of all, Peter said, I'll not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. He says, even though you know them, and you're established in the present truth. That's uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. But he said, we have a tendency to forget. The study of God's word and the serving of God is a lifelong event. It's not something that we do once in a while. You know, one time I preached a sermon on the amount of hours in a week. And we talked about the time that we worked. It's amazing how many in the time that we slept and how many extra hours we had above that during the week. We need to be thoughtful of God in our families, among our children. It needs to be their priority. Like I said, they're going to learn from us. And it's going to make a difference in our lives. You know, Timothy was one that tells me that, you know, you can learn from a very young age. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Verse 5, I believe it is, excuse me. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in you. 
and that in thee also. We're going to find out that Timothy, yes, he became a preacher and an apostle, and yet he knew the scriptures a long time before he ever became an apostle or a preacher. And how did he know them? He learned them from his grandmother and his mother. They were vigilant and diligent in, in teaching him the scriptures. He didn't just go out. Ain't it amazing the Bible didn't say he just took it upon himself to go learn those things? You know, our children learn by what they see and what they do and what we instruct them with. You know, we may go to church, but maybe we don't instruct them the way that we should. We're told in the third chapter, he, Paul told Timothy, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Continue. You see, as you go back in the Old Testament, you'll find a lot of times God said that we're supposed to do this unto thee and to thy son and to thy son's son. Talks about the progressing of teaching and learning. It's to be a continuation. Somewhere that chain has been broken down through the ages. And time and time again, and then you begin to go in the wrong direction and to do the wrong thing. He says, continue that has learned and that, that has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Timothy was assured of that. It was his mother and his grandmother. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Well, I'll tell you, I don't relate to that because I didn't know the Holy Scriptures as a child. And I'm not here, you know, condemning my mom or my dad or anybody else. I'm just preaching the truth. I didn't. I didn't want to. I had more important things to do out in the world, and I was doing them if I had a chance to do them. That's just that's the way life is. We went to church. We done what we done, but, you know, I fell short. I feel like many of God's people have fallen short. We haven't taught our children. We haven't brought them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. He says, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Jesus Christ. Let's notice another place where there's some learning that took place. And it wasn't by accident. Ephesians chapter 1, 6 and verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Obey your parents in the Lord. Do you think that they just come from the mother's womb and somehow... They just learn that, to obey their parents in the Lord. A lot of people don't obey their parents, period, much less in the Lord. We see that all the time, don't we? Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That has to be taught. We don't just learn those things. It's not something that we randomly learn. Matter of fact, there's a lot of young people today that have no respect for their parents. They have no respect for elders, period. You know, after I went to the Philippines and spent two years, two different times over there, there is no respect for elderly people in this country anywhere close in comparison to those young people in the Philippines. Can't tell you why. Maybe they was trained better than I trained mine. My kids done pretty good at that, but you see it continuously degrading in this country. A lot of the young people don't have any use for the elderly people. They just get in their way. But they ought to be a blessing unto them. He says that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long upon the earth. What better promise could you have in this life and learn by following the Lord and obeying him and honoring thy father and thy mother that you might live long and that things would be well with you? Things being well with us is, is, is something that we all need. 
Things can be well with us when things are not well with us, if you know what I mean. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Nurture means tutelage, tutorage, I mean, to tutor. The fathers are even supposed to tutor their own children. I didn't do that. I've done very little of it if I've done it. And I'm not here to condemn anyone. But you know, like I said, things didn't come to where we are today by accident. Because we've done everything right according to thus saith the Lord and it didn't work. God's way is perfect. There is no other way apart from God's way if you want to do it perfectly. His plan for marriage was perfect. The woman's to be submissive unto the husband. That's kind of went out the door over time too. That doesn't make the husband any more important than the woman. They both have their places as God placed them in this life. We need to learn that. We need to teach that to our children because it's, it is it's tremendously important. Bring them up in the admonition of the Lord. That means to bring things to our kids' attention in the Lord. Do we bring those things to our kids' attention? It's extremely important that we do. Timothy knew the scriptures from, a, from the time he was a child. Maybe he's a special, special dude. Maybe that wasn't meant for the rest of us, but it doesn't say that, does it? Matter of fact, I think that we'll find it does say that. Back over in the Old Testament in Hosea, chapter 4, it begins by saying, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Things were not in a good condition in the book of Hosea. Hear ye the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. He had it with the children of Israel. Makes me wonder if he has a controversy with us. Because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. I don't think we've got there yet. But there's less knowledge of God in this land than there once was. Would you all agree with that? Is there a reason? Is it because we've put forth that knowledge in the manner that we should and it just didn't take? Verse 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is what you obtain from instruction, from education. And there's nothing more important than God's word. We need God's word in our life. You know, when we learn things in the Old Testament, it's like when you look. Everyone knows among God's people that God chose his children in the Old Testament. They didn't choose him. But in the New Testament, we find that the Gentiles are brought in, that spiritual Israel is not just Jews or Hebrews, that they're out of every kindred tongue. People aren't you thankful for that? Because I'm not a Jew, I am. I wasn't born with that blood. I'm very thankful. But just as he chose literal Israel, he chose spiritual Israel. They were chosen before the foundation of time or the world before time began. And we stand before God today holy and without blame. We're blameless before him in love. Thankful for those great truths. You know, one of those truths that's brought forth that brings a great lesson to us that we need to learn from the Old Testament is, is chastisement. You know, if you had a child in the Old Testament in the days that was 
didn't have any respect for his parents. They tried to chase him and continue to be problematic. You know what the sentence was? That child was be taken before the, uh, the elders of the city and stoned to death. Boy, that sounds harsh, doesn't it? I'm thankful we're not out stoning folks today. There'd be a lot of stoning. <laughs> there would. But what God wants you to know about that is, is the chastening of your children, the correction of your children should take top, top priority. He didn't tell you to stone them to death, but he said, you chasten them. He that spareth the rod hates his son. God just said, if you don't chasten your children and correct them, you hate them. That ain't what I said. That's what God said. These are lessons that are, we find throughout the test, Old Testament. Even though they sound harsh, there's, there's a meaning there for us. Hear the word of the Lord. We need to hear it. We need to be in the house of God every chance we get. Every time the doors open, I believe. You know, we're told in the 12th chapter of Romans, in the first verse, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's talking about worship, being in the house of God. Maybe you wake up on Sunday morning and you've had a late Saturday night or you're tired or you're wore out. Are you not willing to make a sacrifice, a living sacrifice and go to be in the house of the Lord with with your brothers and sisters? That's what he's talking about. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for your life that one day you and I won't be in a place where the fire is not quenched and the worm never die. A place called hell. We won't be there because of what Jesus done. We ought to be willing to make that sacrifice in assembling ourselves together with the saints. I know sometimes people want to sleep and they're tired. And, and I, 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 you know, as a preacher, and Brother Don can attest that, you, you hear every kind of excuse there is. You know, maybe if we quit coming, it might make the congregation happy, but they might not have anybody to preach. <laughs> I mean, it's, we, we need to be with the Lord's people. The Bible teaches that without a doubt. We need to be together. Hear ye, children of Israel, the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth. Do you realize that the further away we get from God and the less we teach and instruct our children, the less truth will be presented? We know the things that are going on now, and I, I don't mind, you know, homosexuality is against God's law. It's a sin. It's no worse than anything else, but it's very prevalent today. This deal with gender that's going everywhere, I mean, it's taking the headlines. God made them fail, meet, uh, male and female. That's the end of that story. And when we begin to do those things, we're taking God's word and we're changing it. It tells us how, how that happened in Romans chapter 1, doesn't it? They turned the truth of God into a lie. And they serve the creature more than the creator. Man's always wanted to be his own God. If we don't teach our children these truths, and they don't carry them down to their children, somewhere these truths are not going to be with us any longer in the society in which we live. We're going to be like it was in the days of Judges, when every man done that that's right in his own eyes. That's, what, that's really what's going on to some extent today. If it gets worse, we could, we could have tremendous anarchy. But we, we can pray about it. We, we can begin as elders in the church, older folks, grandparents, to do the right thing, to, to make the right example, to tell our children when we see them. They need to be in the house, Lord. And I know we've told them before, and that doesn't make them be there, but we need to be that example. We ought not to tell anybody they, that they should be in the house of the Lord if we're not willing to go. We're not willing to be there. <clears throat> Just because we know what we ought to do, we ought to be doing it. I want to go over and read a few verses, and we're going to close, that 
to me, shed some real light on teaching and learning. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, the Ten Commandments have just been given. When we're talking about learning and teaching, we're not just talking about the doctrines of salvation by grace. We're talking about God's moral law, about how husbands and wives are to treat each other, how they're to raise up their children, how they're to treat the people they work for, all the things that the Lord Jesus Christ said we're to do to be followers of Jesus Christ, to be Christians. <coughs> Verse 32 in uh, chapter 5 says, Ye shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God hath commanded you. Ye shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. That's a lot of what Solomon was talking about. When we no longer look unto Jesus every day and we lose our focus, it's very easy to turn to the right or to the left and get off track. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. You know, God made some of the greatest and most wonderful promises to his people that could ever be imagined. And yet so often we turn away from those promises. And many of the promises, many of God's children don't even know. Now in verse, we're going to get a few verses here. Now these are the commandments, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land where that ye go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life and that, thou, and that thy days may be prolonged. You notice the progression there of what God intended? He didn't intend for you to learn something and that be the end of the story. You were to teach it to your children, which would teach it to your grandchildren, which would teach it to your great-grandchildren. That's where, these, that's where this learning and teaching was, was to go. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that thou may increase mightily, as the Lord God of our fathers hath promised thee in the land that thou flow, that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. You can go read that in the two commandments that were reduced down to over in Matthew chapter 22. The question we have to ask ourselves is, do we love the Lord with all our soul, with all our heart, and with all our might. And I think the next few verses might answer that. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Diligently unto thy children. It should be the top priority of our lives to be diligent in teaching our children. And shall talk of them when thou settest in thine house. I thought, how much time in my life did I spend sitting in my house talking to my children about the Lord? We did talk some about it. But when you consider all the hours that I spent with my children growing up, we spent more time talking about sports and all the things that we love in this life. And I'm not here to condemn those things, but as I said, Solomon said, when we begin to live below the sun and we lose sight of God, and God's not, we're just not to have sight of God on Sunday morning. It's to be every day in our life. When thou settest in thy house 
and when thou walkest by thy way. When you're out walking with your children and out playing with them, do you talk to the, your children about the grandeur of God's creation? I mean, this is some intense teaching here that should have went on from me to my son to my grandsons to my great-grandsons on and on down the chain. The progression is taught here in the Word of God. But too often this progression, I believe, down through the ages has been broken. He says, and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. When you lie down, do you talk to your children that night about the Lord? Do you go over things with them a little bit about the day and what God has blessed you with that day? And when you rise up in the morning, is that the first thing we do is talk about the Lord and the goodness of the morning? That song we sang there spoke of the good morning. You know, what a wonderful day it is to see a new day. You know, I stepped outside this morning and seen someone walking down the street and I tell you, it was a beautiful morning, and the air was it just calm and cool, and it, just, it was a grand and glorious morning. Just notice what he says. When thou liest down and when thou risest up, when you're in your houses, when you're walking by the way, we're to be teaching our children all the time. And somebody might say, well, how can I do that? I can't work. I can't. But friends, I believe we do what we want to do. How many things do you talk about that don't pertain to work, that pertain to something we want to do, something that we're involved in? Teach them diligently. Talk to them when thou settest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. That, he says you're to tie those things to your hands. That's what bind means, to tie them to you. That's how important they are to our lives. Remember when he said up here, Thou shalt teach thou and thy son and thy son's son? He's speaking of the progression of teaching and learning. But somewhere that failed. I believe that must have failed in Joshua's day. Because another generation rose up that knew not the Lord. How could they not known the Lord in such a short time? Even though those folks were serving the Lord, they wasn't teaching their children. I don't believe in the manner that they should have. We wonder why so many of our children are not in the church. Maybe that's the reason. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as fontlets between thine ears. They used to wear something like a headband with a scripture wrote on it that they might remember it. As fontlets between their eyes. That's kind of what that has reference to. Do you get the idea that teaching our children and learning is... is there's really nothing more important in the Word of God than that. Nothing more. Notice this. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. I, I know some people be going, well, how, I ain't got time for that. That's too much. That's too much trouble. If you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind, it's not too much trouble. I guess that's the question I had to ask myself. I love the world at a time more than I love the Lord. And I, I, don't, I hate to say that, but that's true. Or at least my actions said that. <laughs> you know, love's, actions speak louder than words. We can tell somebody we love them all day long. It's just like telling your wife or your husband you love them and never showing that. We can tell the Lord we love them all day long, but if we're not showing it through the way we act and live our lives, all he's doing is asking us to teach our children diligently. And I'm not saying you've got to follow this pattern, but I tell you, if this doesn't implement the importance 
and our children learning and we as parents teaching these things, I don't know what does. And thou shalt write them upon thy post of thy house and on thy gates. We could go to other places. You know, there's one other verse I'll read in Genesis and another question we can ask ourselves. You know, so often when we look at the patriarchs of the Bible, Abraham was a great man. Sometimes we are guilty of lifting Abraham up when we ought not to. He's just a man. He's not the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, he was a man of faith and he believed. And his faith was proven by offering up his son Isaac. But it's also proven to be a sinner when he took Lot and Sarah and went down into Egypt. He should have never went down there. The Lord didn't send him down there. He done something on his own. But notice what it says in, in the 18th, 19th verse of chapter 18. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, for I know him. I, I sat there when I read this verse, and I thought, I wonder what the Lord would say about me. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. The Lord said, I know him. You know, the Lord knows us too, doesn't he? He knows our thoughts and our intents. We're told in the 139th Psalm, he knows our thoughts afar off. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. They shall keep the way of the Lord. What a blessing. I know that it's not an easy job. The Lord said he'd provide for us, but I, I believe one of the greatest obligations God had ever given us was to train our children. But I didn't train my children the way I should have trained them because I had too many things that were more important in my life. And I hate to stand up and, 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 and say that, but, you know, God knows the truth, and so I might as well speak it. I can't tell you that I done, you know, it's one thing I like to say, and we all like, oh, I didn't do the worst job. I, I did do some things right, but I could have done better. We could all do better, I'm pretty sure. I know that I could have. You know, now that we're older and our kids are grown, we are still grandparents, and we still have young people we come in contact with, whether they be in this church or not. We can be an example to them. Like I said, your life is a sermon. Your life teaches somebody something about who you are, what you believe, and what you stand for. Most people know that if you're a strong believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, one of these days I'm going to preach a sermon on standing up for the truth. And I thought about this when Brother Gale was speaking the other day, but what I really thought about was that sermon that Stephen preached in Acts chapter 7. He stood up for the truth, didn't he? And he died for it. He died for it. Are you willing to stand up for the truth of God even if it means you die? See, I believe that's what God wanted us to do. He didn't want us to take out our bayonets and our guns. You know, when Peter pulled out his sword, he told him to put it back. He attached there. That's not how he fought. But we're not to deny God's truth, and we're, and we're to be bold in stating God's truth. Sometimes because God's truth is offensive to those who don't like God, don't love God. Stephen didn't do anything wrong but preach the truth. He gave an entire sermon that went over the course of, of most of the Old Testament, if you would, a great deal of it. And they were cut to the heart, not pricked in the heart. They were cut to the heart, gashing the teeth. 
And Stephen, when he kneeled down, he said, lay this not under their charge, their sin. And they stoned him and he died. He died for declaring the truth. We've never faced that in our lives, have we? But I hope that if that day comes, we will. We will not deny the truth. God will be with us. God will provide for us. He will deliver us one way or the other. But let's teach young folks we're around the importance of God in our lives and the importance of God in our nation and in our churches and in our communities because if there is no God in the land, the land's not going to be very good to live in. A godless land wouldn't be very good, and I haven't lived in one, but I feel certain from reading God's Word there wouldn't be anything very desirous about it. So may God bless us to always be a teacher of some kind and to give the proper examples in our lives of the things that we ought to be doing. May God bless you, my friend.